Hello, everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm here for Reinvent Yourself. And I'm so excited to bring to you a veteran of the beauty industry who is just out there killing it on her own. And she is thinking about us. She's thinking about the research that the big corporations she worked for would bring in every single time. They would bring in the brief and they would ignore women 40 plus in these giant companies. And she said, hey, you know, those women have needs that are not being served. And so she thought she was gonna retire and she thought she was done at a very young age. I gotta figure that one out. Um, and then at 50 years old, decided she was going to launch her own hair care line called Better Not Younger. And she started that in 2018 when she was over age 50. And unlike the supposed phenomenon of the launch person at age 25, she had the experience, she had the connections. She had put aside some money to do this. And it's a wonderful story about someone with a lot of experience making brands that are new and that are right for all of us. And it's taking into, you know, doing the science and finding out what's going on with women and their hair as they age. There's all kinds of science, which you'll hear. But it's also looking at the advertising and saying, why is the advertising so stereotypical? Um, why does it always have to be a woman with short white hair? Is that everybody over age 40? I don't think so. And neither did she. So I have, I'm really excited to bring to you Sansalis Gonzalez. And her history was she was in, handled L'Oreal Spain for three years as a general manager and was a VP for Procter & Gamble for 24 years. And now has launched Better Not Younger as her new brand. So you've got to go check it out. I've used the shampoo. It's great. And here she is to talk to us about don't be afraid. Do it. And you have a lot more experience than you think, and you can use it. And those connections are going to help you. So let's welcome Sensalis. So hello, Sensalis. Glad to have you. Hello, Leslie. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we ran into Better Not Younger. Gosh, I want to say just when you launched, we tried some of the products and we included you in a story on the cubby. And um, I just think this story is fantastic. And so we really want to get at how do you reinvent yourself out of corporate life into your own thing? And you're, you're really reinventing at a, a high level. So let's start with um, your product is called Better Not Younger. And um, it looks like it started in 2018 when you were over age 50. And the question is why? Yes. So a little bit of background. I, like you said, I grew up in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world from like, I was 22 years old, I think when I started and I left when I was 53, I believe. So my whole almost adult life uh, through marriage and kids and all that. So, I mean, I really, really never thought I would pivot this way towards entrepreneurship. When I did, decided to leave uh, the corporate world, um, to be honest, I thought I was retiring and I was happy. I mean, at that moment I said, wow, you know, I, now I can travel, I can do so many things, but 
honestly, within six months, I was starting to get antsy and kind of bored. And I said, I can't just like not do anything all day. I mean, it's just, I'm going to drive myself crazy. And I always had in the back of my mind for many years, the idea of creating my own brand because I always loved branding and I always loved um, creation of products. And um, I thought about it a bit more. And I think it, what triggered it one day was really talking to friends, all of which were still in corporate and how they all were like longing to do something like that and couldn't do it because they were still tied in their jobs or had, you know, financial responsibilities or whatever. And I said, well, I can do it. I can certainly do it. And, and it just started like that. I mean, literally started with a WhatsApp message to three friends saying, do you want to join me in this? I mean, I did not give it that much more thought than that. And they all said yes. Within a week, two said, I can't do this. And within two months, uh, there was only one more person interested in working with me on this. And I said, okay, I'm just going to keep going. And whoever wants to join, great. And if not, I, I think I can do it on myself. And that's how I started. And it was something, like I said, I didn't give it that much thought, but there was one other moment that kind of reassured me that I could do this. I went on an interview because I said, I'm going to go crazy if I don't do something. And I was called for an interview to work on a small hair care company, small relative to the big L'Oreal's and P&G, it was still significant. And I interviewed in their offices and they took me around their warehouse and their little manufacturing facility. And I looked at it and said, you know, I can do this. I know how to do this. If they're doing it, I can do it. And so I walked out of there and I never looked back. I never interviewed with any other company. I said, I'm doing this myself. Well, what was the most um, surprising part about doing it yourself? Were you were you expecting that? Because I, I think that's one of the issues sometimes. And I have to say, as an entrepreneur coming out of corporate, that was one of the big surprises for me was you don't, you think you're going to start up this company and so you won't be all alone, but a lot of entrepreneurialism is really alone. How did you find that? Well, I think that's the hardest thing is I loved being around my team and I mean, even though sometimes we complain about all these corporate meetings and all these things, the reality is that um, I was missing them for sure. And being an entrepreneur can be very lonely. And it was lonely um, at the beginning. And I just knew it was going to be like that and um, kept going. But very soon I found partners that were going to be helping me that I reached out to because I needed their capabilities so for example i needed an agency so when i pitched and i found the right agency partner then they became kind of like my little team and then i reached out for somebody that knew um, digital marketing and they decided to invest in the business and they became part of the team but it was always um remote i never i've never had an office to this day i work out of my kitchen table and it can be lonely and so I have, you know, we, we basically developed the entire brand over Zoom. I mean, I think it's just amazing that we, we had people sitting in San Francisco, New York, um, in Caracas, 
and in Miami, and that's how we did it. And yes, it was like I said, it's it can be lonely, but it was something I was willing to accept, and and I knew that after a few months it would get um, less lonely. Let's put it that way, because there's more people coming into the team. And did you raise money? Did you go out and raise money? Did you self-fund? How did you figure out how to bring on investors? Right. So the very first uh, investments, it was all amongst the people that had decided to partner with me, but I held the majority. And so I was very clear that I was going to put some of my money and risk some of my money, quote unquote, on this. Uh, otherwise it wasn't going to work, uh, in the sense that if I wasn't committed to risk a little bit of my capital on this, who would, you know, I, I was a founder. And so to me, but I had the conversation with my husband and said, listen, I'm going to set up this money aside and, and invest it in this company because I think it can work. Then after that, um, we raised amongst, uh, friends and family, and that was about six hundred thousand dollars or so um which was relatively easy to get which to me speaks of the um trust that people knew that of people that knew me and people that knew my career in procter and gamble and l'oreal and they just wrote a check without even like asking many questions so um that was great but it's also a huge responsibility because you're bringing in your friends and your family and you know, you want them to keep being your friends and your family after, even if things go wrong. But um, yeah, it was such a huge vote of confidence. And then we went back to the same group of people and said, listen, we're going to raise more. That was like six months later. And here are the results of the first year. And many of them came back and said, not only I'm going to put my part, but I'm actually going to raise my participation if you're willing to give me more um, more stake in the company. So, um, again, it has been very rewarding and relatively easy, quote unquote, to get people to back us up. Um, this year is going to be the most, uh, challenging one in the sense that we have to show very, very strong, um, sustainable growth, which I think we will to able to be able to get external, uh, investors, because then you're talking much bigger investments than, than what we've done so far. Great. This will be in a good place then. We have a lot of VCs and um, investors who listen to the Covey or are a part of us. So that's yes, well, excellent. Good place okay. to be. Absolutely. We'll, we'll come into you all by January of 21 or so. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about the segment because there is so much prejudice against making products for women 40 plus it makes me insane when i was ra when i was running more we had 1.5 million readers it just we couldn't convince enough advertisers to come over that these women had the one point was it like 16 trillion or 19 trillion dollars in disposable right. income and what you in a lot of the research that i've done the reading said that you knew the segment was viable and saw the same problem, but from the inside. So talk a little bit about that. Right. So when I was, um, when I decided to go into this journey, to me, it was always very clear that I was going to go into this target um, demographic because I had been in the industry for so long and I knew it was completely ignored. Um, and in fact, all of our briefs, there were always 
targeting women 18 to 44. And I always joked in meetings, like what happens with women after 45, they disappear. And it was a joke and this is absolutely true. And then of course it came to a point where like, it wasn't funny anymore. I was 46, 48, 50, you know, but it was so um, eye opening to me to see how nobody care. We ran no research. We developed no products, nothing. So when I decided to go into the development of a brand, I said to myself, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to impact the world, it's going to be to show the, the world that there are women out there whose views of aging are very different from what you see in the media, what you your kids may see in you. And we have to help change that. And so for me, even before the products came, the purpose of helping to change this narrative around women and aging and, and shed a light on who these women really are, because none of the things that you see out there, you would see women in the roles that we really have. You know, you typically would see women that are already in retirement and they don't care how they look and they may be, uh, you know, just hanging out with their grandchildren and doing gardening. And I would like see that and say, I don't know any of my friends that are in that position. None of them. They're either working or they're, you know, reinventing themselves and, and very active. And by the way, they look very sexy and attractive and they really do care about their looks. So to me, it was very, very clear that there was a gap there and that somebody had to start that conversation. Um, when I then started to develop the brand itself and I briefed several agencies, um, I ended up with Dear Future because they were the only ones that I think really understood the insight um, and the target, even though these were two guys that had not spent one day of their lives in beauty. They came from the agency world and they were in their 30s or early 40s and they I mean, they couldn't really relate to anything I was saying, but for them, it was such an aha, such an insightful conversation. The first time we met them, all I did was talk about myself for like two hours and my aspirations and what I thought about this time in my life. Um, and I even wrote a one pager that kind of just poured all these thoughts into like, how does a woman in her fifties feel uh, kind of to represent, to make this persona come alive. And they were like, just smiling. And, and they came back and said, you know what, guys, society is telling every woman is like, as you age, you're going to get ugly and, and, and nobody will care about you. And the reality is you guys don't perceive that. So this is exactly what we have to go and do. It's, it's, it's all about you tell me you want to be better, not younger. And so that kind of became our positioning, our mantra. It was never meant to be the brand's name. Uh, but it, one day I said, we're just going to call it Better Not Younger because that's what it is. It'll be disruptive in the category. It will immediately tell women what we're about. And even though it's, it's a bit long and some people will say, oh, that's too long of a name. I didn't care. I thought it was ra I'd rather be like provocative and, and say it than, than kind of beat around the bushes with a nice, you know, kind of meaningless name. That's great. Awesome. And you have 12 SKUs? You have 12 items in your, in your yes, cover? Yes, 12 items in our line. Um, all of them were designed specifically for this target. They're all proprietary um, uh, formulas. We work with a lab in, in South, South Miami. 
And um, I hired a scientist who's um, amazing. She's graduated from MIT, has a PhD from Cornell. And even though she's only in her 30s, she knows beauty and hair like you wouldn't believe it. And so she helped develop all the formulas. Um, and, and it's women seem to love them. And it's doing really, really well. Can you talk about the physiology and the science of what happens to hair as we age? I mean, a lot of women obviously notice thinning, they notice breakage, they know, you know, they notice what's going on in in general in their scalp. What is actually going on that in a shortened way? Obviously, this could be a week of lectures, but <laughs> briefly. I don't know for sure. Um, like you said, all women in this age group will tell you my hair has changed. And most of them don't even understand why, what's going on. So essentially what's going on with hormonal changes and it starts with perimenopause. We could start as early as 38, 40. What happens is your follicles are starting to shrink because of the hormonal changes. And as follicles shrink, they grow thinner hair. They, they also get slower. They even change shape. So you may have had very curly hair and all of a sudden you see it straighter or the other way around. Then you start seeing the gray. And what happens with gray is because of the lack of melanin in the hair, the hair will grow drier as well. Your scalp is also aging. So there's um, some research that shows that the scalp ages six times faster than the skin on your face. So your scalp is thinner. It has less collagen and it's drier, more sensitive. So all this is happening at a time when you are doing the most harm to your hair and your scalp. Why? Because most women choose to cover their gray. When you're covering your gray, you're going to put all this chemistry in your scalp and your hair. And so it's like the perfect storm at the time when your hair is most vulnerable, you go and put the harshest chemistry. Or you start doing things they weren't doing before. So you start using a lot of styling products because you just can't manage the hair like you used to. It's like your hair is changed and the routine that you've been using for many, many years no longer works. So all this is happening and your hair is getting weaker and weaker as not just because of hormonal changes, but also because of all the damage that you're doing to it. So the way we've designed the line was to really try and tackle from all angles. One being the scalp, which is very neglected, starting to become a topic of conversation. More and more products are coming out, especially this year, there's a lot of talk about it. Um, so we created products that first purify and detoxify the, the scalp without being too harsh on it. So our um, charcoal, our activated charcoal scalp cleanser, it, it's very gentle and it doesn't have any of the grit or any of the mechanical exfoliators. The exfoliation is happening with the brush that's attached to it. That is essential to unplug the, the pores so that the hair can come out. We also have our um, fortifying um, hair and scalp serum, which is a concentration of skincare ingredients that you're gonna put on your scalp that helps stimulate the follicles, um, soothe the scalp, um, and foster better growth or stronger hair growth. Um, we also have ingestibles. We have collagen ingestibles and we have biotin and vitamins ingestibles that are absolutely critical for um, to replenish the nutrients that you may not be getting anymore. Because as we age, the body is, is, 
is just changing as well in terms of their um, the production of collagen and other nutrients. And so it is important that you you um, supplement those. And then we also and then our line of hair care products. So to, to tackle kind of the signs that of your hair. Um, is, is very gentle. They're all sulfate-free and paraben-free so that you can achieve kind of the volume that you want without having to strip out all the oils. Oh, and I, because I didn't mention that one of the things that happens also with age is your body is producing a lot less sebum and therefore your hair grows drier as well. Wow. Awesome. What's your best seller? The serum, actually, the hair fortifying serum, which is the most expensive, by the way. Great. Good for everybody, right? Yeah, good for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what surprised you about this? What was your biggest surprise and what was your biggest fear? Um, of becoming an entrepreneur or the brand itself? No, becoming an entrepreneur and leaving corporate life. I mean, for me, it was when my all my IT would go down and I was looking around going, where's that IT guy I used to call? <laughs> and there was nobody and I had to learn to Google. But what about you? Um, I think my, my biggest surprise is how much I didn't know. I mean, to me, it was like, oh my God, it's a different world. It's completely different. I'm learning things. That I, even, I mean, it's, I've been working for 30 years and I don't, you know, like supplier, somebody would send me, could you please send me this, like uh, an acronym? And I had to Google it. What the heck is this? And it was very basic things, you know? And it's like, oh my God, there's so much that I don't know, for example, when we started doing the rounds of raising and talking to VCs, I had to learn all this new language that was something I had never done. So that, that was one thing. But then, um, so relearning was kind of my biggest surprise. I, I thought I knew a lot of things and I can tell you there's so much more that, that you need to learn as you're going to become an entrepreneur. And it's not gonna be easy because it's not the same to learn when you're 25 than when you're 55. It's, it's the reality. Uh, but you have to be really open to learning and humble and, and just raise your hand and say, I don't understand this, can you explain it to me again? And, and, and I, like I said, it is everything and just, just the digital marketing. I thought I knew a lot of digital marketing. I worked a lot on it in L'Oreal. And now I realize I had, probably 50 people in my team working on it and there was so much behind the scenes that was happening that i didn't know about that i had to learn to do or at least try to learn to do are you a lifelong learner do you think i totally am yes yes so what did that tickle you then to be learning at this age or you found it what did you find different about learning at this age i i find this so exhilarating you know i realized how much I had stopped learning in the corporate world when I started this. So I, I, I had become almost like numb, you know, like I would say the last five years of corporate world, I was doing a lot of things, but I don't think I learned anything exciting or, or really worth even my, my time. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like it sounds exaggerated, but the reality is that, it was more of the same. I was in a different company, a different country, but at the end of the day, it was very, very similar. And when I started learning all these new things, it's just, I get this energy, this feeling of, I don't know, I feel excited. It's just so exciting. I, and I have, 
I have become a self learner as well. Like I go in and Google everything. Like I hadn't done an Excel sheet since I was maybe 25 years old, I swear. I mean, and now I've gone back and do a lot of Excel sheets and I get stuck because I don't remember how to do things. I just Google it. I look at the tutorial and I try it. And sometimes I ask my husband to help me and I do it. And I find myself doing graphs like and charts and things that I would do when I was, you know, a brand assistant at Procter & Gamble. It's good sometimes to look at it from a different point of view, I think, right? It gets you, yeah. it gets, gets you going. And also it's, it's humbling to be pushed all the way back to when you were just starting out. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, uh, I have three kids, they're 27, 25 and 22. And I don't know, I don't know if you have children, but mine, they're always like, they, they always treat us adults like we're stupid. We don't know. Oh, you know, like they roll up their eyes. And then I, I love it when they, they do that because it becomes a challenge to me to say, you know what, I can learn as much as you can. Yeah. You know? and, and I will. And it'll take me a while. You can make fun of me, but I'll get it. You know, and sometimes they say, hey, I can't do this on my phone or my laptop. And they run to it and do it. And I say, don't do it. Show me, you know. Teach a man to fish. Don't give them fish. I always <laughs> that. Always. I don't want them to do it for me. I want to learn how to do it. So here's our last question. If you are talking to your girlfriends um, and you're giving them pointers about reinventing out of corporate life and you could look back and do it any way you wanted to, you know, with things that you might have planned for or um, a different point of view or putting things aside, money aside or whatever, what would those three pointers be for people who really right. say? I, I would, the, the first thing I would say is gravitate to something that you love to do. Because, I mean, if you are going to go into entrepreneurship and you're going to do something that you don't love just because it's the hip thing or it's the you know, where you think there's more money to be made, you're not going to be good at it and you're not going to be passionate about it. So in my case, it was to design products and create a brand. It's something that I've always loved doing. So again, try to like be aware of yourself and what is it that you like to do and try to gravitate to that, I would say. Um, the other thing is like, talk to a lot of people who are doing something similar and, and, and just be very humble and listen to them because you're going to be amazed first of how much you don't know, like I said before, but you're also going to find so many people that are willing to help. And what I found is this network network that I created over the past 30 years have been my biggest allies. And they either recommend me people that I can talk to, or they send me things or every single door that I've knocked on, they have helped me. And so I, I would like really recommend that you create a list of people that you know that could give you some advice or some connections or something. I would like go into LinkedIn and go through my networks and go line by line, looking at all the names and see what they were doing and say, well, how can this person help me? And like, I would, for example, find that the CFO of HSN was a guy that used to work with me at PNG. I send him a message, hey, put me in contact with somebody at HSN QVC. Sure enough, he did. And so, uh, you know, do that. And this, the, like I said, gravitate to something you like. Talk to as many people as you can. And then I would say is be prepared to not look back. And because once you start, you cannot 
I mean, it's just, if you're committed, you're going to find yourself that this is a commitment for several years. It's not a commitment for six months or a year. It will, it will consume you. It will take a lot of your time. And you, if you're thinking that you're 55 and you're going to build something and then retire at 60, it's probably not going to happen. You're going to be committed for several years. And What's your time horizon that you're thinking? I'm thinking, so I'm 55. I'm thinking by 60, I hope that this brand is at a size that I can um, exit or bring, you know, significant partners. But I'm pretty sure that at that point, I'm going to be asked to, to stay, which I'll be happy to do for at least another five years. So I see myself dedicated to better and younger, at least another 10 years. What's your next step in terms of developing the line? Do you see a pathway? Are you going to stick with hair? Are you going to go into skincare? Or we are actually going to um, start developing some products outside of hair care. We have a pretty good idea and technology um, that we think is very relevant to this target. So the beauty of Better Night Younger is that this is a platform. It's not a hairline. It is it is design. It will be designed to meet needs that the industry is just not looking at, or not looking at at it through the eyes of this target consumer. So, um, I think uh, products, um, makeup products, uh, can be very relevant because your skin and your face really changes, and the makeup that's out there has been developed for millennials, and the communication of how to use it is is also developed for millennials. And I I always give the same example, which is it is so hard to put eyeliner when your eyes are wrinkly. So um, there are things that could be developed for this, this women, this, these women, um, and there's a gap out there in the market. Did you feel that your age helped you in any way to get to where you are now versus trying to do this when you were 20? Oh, definitely. Yeah. In many ways. I mean, I, the experience, even though I, you know, I had to relearn, there's, there's a, a method to doing things, a, um, a sense of confidence that I have now that I didn't have in my twenties or my thirties that, that work really, really well in, in, you know, in, in my favor. Um, I also think that maybe different for many startups and entrepreneurs when you, talk to investors you know you, you, you hear so many stories about this 25 year old that came up with this great idea and she became a billionaire overnight great well my story is very different I am not you know this 25 year old that came up with this great idea rather somebody with a lot of experience I worked in hair care 20 plus years and I know so much, so much about it, about the, this topic. And, and when you look at my team, it's very, very experienced. And so, uh, absolutely. I, I don't think I'd be able to do this, uh, in my twenties or thirties. It would have been very different. So in closing, Sonsalis, and I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Is there anything you want to leave this listening, listening group here to, um, to think about as they're trying to figure out how they might reinvent the same way that you do? I would say is 
don't be afraid. I mean, it's just take the plunge. Things will work out. Uh, I am a, I am the kind of person that I don't try to plan everything. I, I don't envision everything. I kind of have it in the back of my mind and I, and I just tread along and go and I, I always think I'm, I'm not afraid it's, it's going to work out. So stay positive and optimistic and trust your God and your, your intuition and, 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 and use your experience to go along and just keep at it. It's, it's just uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. And it's a new chapter that I think many women should, go ahead and do it because life is not over once the corporate world is over. Life is not over once your kids leave the house. You're just getting started. I love that. I'm going to end us on you're just getting started. Thank you so much, Sensalis. Thank you for the opportunity. And um, yeah, I'd love to stay connected in the future as well. Great. Awesome. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I'm so glad you took the time. If you like the podcast, please pass it to friends. I hope it will be inspirational. We want to change your thinking about what can be done and what your future looks like. And guess what? It ain't over till you say it's over. And all these women show you that. And you could be reinventing big. You could be reinventing small. You could be reinventing your career or maybe your personal self or your uh, your weight, your health, all different types of things. And sometimes over 40 is when you just get started. If you like the podcast, please give us some stars. And so other people can find us. That's how we move to the top of the heap. And also, please go to CoveyClub.com and join up. We have a wonderful new app called Covey Connect that you can join, where you can chat with women like Sunsalis and women like me about our issues. We also are increasing our number of live events, which you'll hear about. We just got back in November from a fabulous trip with 60 women out to Savannah. We're going to do that again in November of 2020, and we want to bring 100 women People found it transformational and you should join us. We're also going to be doing a great trip to New Orleans, which is my new hometown where I'm reinventing myself. And that's going to be June 5th through 7th. So go to the Cubby Club site and look those up under uh, the events area where it says, uh, what does it say? It says events there. And um, you can just scroll to the bottom and you will see them and sign up and join us. There are so many cool women out there trying to do the same things as we are. And you should not try to do this alone. It is wonderful to have friends and help, help from peers. Thank you for joining us. Take care.